Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Miss Reason Show. I'm your host, Miss Reason, and we have just Jay. Um, hey Jay. Hey lady, how you doing? I'm okay. How are you? Um, I'm in the middle of like a serious allergy attack. Well, that's not good. So, um, I hope you feel better. Yeah, I should. I've taken some um, Benadryl, but it makes me sleepy. Okay. Well, we have another great show today. Um, We have authors, Jamil and Bass today. Um, Okay, well. are you there? Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, good, good. How is everybody? Um, We're okay. How are you? Good, 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 good. All right. We're excited to talk to you about your book and some more upcoming things that you have going on. And I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, who is who? Since I have the two of you there, and I'm not sitting anywhere where I can see you. Okay, well, I'm Jay. Okay, that's good, Jay. And I'm Marie. And, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Marie. I'm Marie. <laughs> She's like, oh, at least one less person. <laughs> okay, so um, Marie, you want to jump right into it? We can get right into it Okay, so um, let's let's introduce yourself to our listeners um, Tell us a little bit about yourself Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am Jamel Shabazz, author uh, of uh, what is going to be Well, my first novel came out last year, Not Another Night uh, The second one was a follow-up sequel to that Behind the Night is due out this year. Uh, I'm from Aurora, Colorado, uh, graduating from Overland uh, High School. Actually, just graduated last year from uh, Metropolitan State University of Denver uh, with my degree in African American Studies, so I'm very happy about that. Uh, overall, a connoisseur, good music, uh, good food, good times, good everything. Uh, laid back, sometimes easy to get along with, uh, sometimes not so easy to get along with. Uh, human being, uh, just like the rest of us. Well, all right. Okay, so let's get into talking about your very first book. Um, how long were you writing before you published? I think I've been writing off and on my whole life. Uh, so I would say probably since a young age, about 14 or so. So I think I spent many, many years writing or preparing to write without ever actually putting it out, like I'd let people read it. But this book, as it came about there, it happened to happen or it happened to come about at a time uh where, you know, I had an insomnia-filled night. I just couldn't sleep, so I just started to jot down my thoughts, and those thoughts ended up becoming the first page of the book. And then thereafter, I took it to work. I let some ladies read it, uh, and they kept asking me, what happens next, what happens next? And then what happened next ended up just being 40,000 words later and uh, my first novel. So it kind of just, it happened by accident, but it was definitely a, a grateful accident in that particular regard. Okay. Okay, so um, that takes me right into my next question. Um, how did you come to to be under the company that you that you write under? Well, it's me. I'm. A, it's just my own thing. I'm all. Uh, I ain't got no affiliations. Uh, no no associations as it goes. It's just all Shabazz and Company. Uh, and you know that's one of the things I always think about in terms of how writers uh, end up 
signing with uh, whoever elects to publish them, regardless if it's independent or major label and so forth and so on. And I think that with the platform that we have in social media or the platform that you have, uh, well, with Amazon and CreateSpace or Lulu or whoever else might let you self-publish your own work, I think now it's uh, it's easier than ever to go ahead and do that. And with Jay being an author there, uh, obviously, of many books, uh, that's one thing I wanted to ask you about there in terms of when you first started writing books, did you have a publisher? Was anybody publishing your work, or did you always just decide to put it under your own umbrella? Well, I had um, I had signed up there an author and a publisher, like a small company, initially. But after about uh, mm-hmm. four months, I realized it wasn't for me, so I self-published. Mm-hmm. And what got you caught up in saying, you know what, this just isn't for me? Like, was the timetable not right? Because at least in the way that I wanted to go about things, like, I felt like I wanted total control. And not that I wouldn't uh, be willing to work with other publishing companies, because I know that there are things that they could provide that I couldn't, that I didn't have necessarily self-publishing. But did you feel like you would lack control over your work or you wouldn't get it out as as urgent as you might have if it was just you doing it? Actually, it's just the opposite. Um they they press you to come out with an urban fiction book every month or so, but that wasn't mm-hmm. an issue for me. My issue was more of um, underneath the publisher. Um, I, I wasn't making the money that I should have made for being a number one, mm. um, a bestseller. So oh, they was to they was funny with there. the money. Right. Okay, I can't blame you for that. Yeah. Like at least if I'm my own accountant, my own my own publisher, I know where the money's going. Okay, so um, what inspired you to publish your first book? I think life did. I really would say life did. Like uh, I think that uh, in the midst of writing that book, uh, I was going through one ne- my next to last semester of college. Everything stressful all around me. And uh, writing the book was like a great escape. Like I'd be on the way to class, or you know, catch the train to school, and just sit there and write, and just let my thoughts get away from me, just uh, just relax and unwind. And so, as I, I guess I would say, I had the perfect storm of opportunity there when the ladies at work kept asking, "What happens next? What happens next?" I had pressure from school coming from one direction, pressure from life, pressure from this, and I find writing to be a great getaway at that particular point in time. And and so that it, I guess it would serve as its own self inspiration in that particular regard there. That I just got the whole okay. mansion for a little bit, and it let me it let me write it as opposed to the other way around. Oh, okay, okay. So once once the first book came out, um, did you know did how did you feel um, once you were an actual published author? I think we all feel elated. Like you always feel excited, like we did it. Like you, like you feel like we made it. Like we're here now. And I was just sitting in the bed, and it's all like when you hold the first copy of your first book in your hand, and you realize that you've been holding other people's books your whole life. That that first moment when you first hold it, like it's a real life, tangible thing, is a surreal moment. But then you realize that thereafter, the real work starts after that. Like it's, it's nice to hold it, but then you got to be able to promote it, talk about it, sell it, uh, and repeat over and over again. Hmm. I don't. I'm not sure if I was elated. Um. You wait. When you put out your first book, you weren't elated. No, 
I, I don't think so. I still, even even That's now with, uh, you know, getting to my ninth book, I haven't, you know, I haven't hit that act, the, the excitement that a lot of people get. Um, for me, it's like, okay, yeah, and then what's next? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. um, I don't feel like may, maybe what I'm supposed to do with the books haven't hasn't happened yet. I don't know. I just haven't felt like, um, you know, hooray, I did it yet. And that, that may be why I have so many. <laughs> that may be so why you, I have so many books, because I haven't had that yeah, yeah I did it moment. Maybe the 10th one will be the big thing. I, I don't know, but... I mean, I love writing, so I'm just doing what I do all the time anyway. Um, you know, yeah, I felt when I, when I signed the contract, there was a little burst of you know, okay, I'm you know I'm actually going to be a published author. But once I got my book, my book in my hands, actually I don't even pay attention to them after that. Like I didn't. Um, my <laughs> mother had my book, but I didn't have my first book until I put out my third book. I know what you mean. I know well that yeah. feeling. I do know because you feel like you. You're like, I wrote it, and you spend so much time with the characters and writing it and all the work that goes into it. You're like, I read this story many times, and mm-hmm. I, I I know the feeling of what you mean when you're saying you, you're on to the next thing, because if you spend too much time thinking about the thing you just did, you miss the creative right. juices that come start to flow in thereafter. Right, exactly. So I don't even, um, the only way I'll go back and read a, a book that I wrote is if I'm writing a part two to it, or, you know, like a next a next sequel. Mm-hmm, like your Shameless Sin series. Right. Well, I have another um, series that I'm supposed to have a, a part two to, and that's, I don't know, that that's ongoing. But is it, um, is it really? I, just, I, don't, I don't know. I just don't come back to them. I mean, my poetry books, I come back to them because I do open mic, and I'll use the content to, you know, to perform, but... Even then, like, I have books, I just, you know, I just packed up some stuff and moved, and I have books, I have my own books, and they're they're just, like, added to the collection with the other books I bought. It's not it's not really, you know, special to me yet. I, I don't know why I'm, I'm mm-hmm. looking for it. Do you think that you ever find that special thing to you? Like, let's say that one thing that you're like, you know what, that really gives me that all. Like, you know, you say it about writing, like you enjoy it and you love it and you're always on to the next thing. Are there other things that you feel as diversely passionate about when you get into them? No. Hmm. No. Um, there's, there's, um, you know, I care about a lot of things. I love, I love to do a lot of things, but there's no career that I feel like um, I would want to do more than writing. Like no matter what else I do, I'll always write. Mm-hmm. That that's something that I would never. That put down <clears throat> but um okay so you you said you said that you've always been self-published what what issues do you feel like you could maybe have you know um passed if you had um gone with a, with a publisher because i know you said there were certain things that you know you can't do that they could do like what tribulations did you have being self-published and I think that the one thing that I would like if I was ever to be published, if I, I, I still hold the door open that maybe it could happen if I find the right circumstance, the people who believe in my talent enough, and we come together and make something happen that's worthwhile. I still believe I could. 
But the thing that I, I miss in terms of talking with other people and other authors that are self-published, uh, published through a company and so forth and so on, is that the most important thing and one of those important things in life in general is about timing and relationships. And especially when it comes down to selling yourself, selling your books, uh, whether it be music or anything that of that sort, when, or at least from what I could see, when you have a publishing company or a publisher, they have those relationships built in with uh, the kind of people that you'd want those relationships with. And so at that point in time, when you sign with a publisher, at least in my own mind, you want to monetize those relationships and maximize them for your full potential as it relates to it. And so I think in that regard there, if I had a major publisher, I think maybe I'd have more, a larger audience or the ability to be uh I have a bigger platform and somebody to kind of give me that kind of push that you might need there in terms of being able to, uh, as it works for publicity and things of that nature, and on the marketing end. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm, I I feel like I, I prefer the, the freedom to um, promote the way I want to. I like mm-hmm. it better. But you say you're nine books deep in this now, so you you gotten kind of used to it here. Right? It's, at that issue, I think I'll have my second one out there. So I'm still kind of I'm still working to develop those relationships. Well, I'm I'm still not used to it. I still have here. Put these on top. I still have issues. Um, pardon me. I was talking to my daughter. I still have issues with crowds. I think that's something that's probably always going to be. You know, an element of the situation. Um, I I don't really like big crowds. Mhm. Of your post. I I really don't. Um, you know, like even when it comes to performing, I would prefer a smaller crowd for open mic than I would a larger crowd. I never was one for the spotlight, so I don't really like to do, you know, the photo shoots and all that stuff that that it requires. So you always prefer to be behind the scenes, just writing the books and putting them out, as opposed to being at the forefront of things. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely would rather be behind the scenes. Um, you know, I think if I could do one thing differently, I probably would have did it how how Zane did it, where nobody really knew who you know what she looked like for years. Uh huh. And now Zane, now she done took the other side of it. There, she told other people how to do her thing. Yeah. She done turned into a brand of her own. Yeah, they done gave her her own sub publishing label to do that too. Uh, I, th- I think that's a, a big shadow to live behind. But um, okay. So you, you said reason, you yeah, have a, um, what is your first book about? Let's start with that. What is your first book about? The first novel is about this uh, this uh, lady named Nyla and her adventures on what is the fort, what happens when she wakes up early in the morning on the 4th of July to the corresponding 24-hour period the next 4th of July. So that happens, I think it's 2.52 a.m. July 4th to 2.52 a.m. July 5th. Uh, at that particular point in time, she wakes up early in the morning. Uh, she can't sleep. Her man's not home. And so she's out there. She's feeling a little bit lonely, a little bit vulnerable. She don't know where her dude is, but she knows where he's not. And uh, since he's not next to her, she's just up here, thoughts are racing and so forth and so on. And she kind of like wafts in between like this state of awakeness versus this state of like uh, uh, sleep 
but it's not really sleep, as in restful sleep. And then uh, eventually he comes wandering in through the door. Uh, those two have a certain bit of discussions, and then it follows her adventures for that period of time in that first 24-hour period there. Uh, and they get into quite some shenanigans there. So it's actually a story about okay, about, so life, what about love, you like about that? relationships. It was just, I guess it was just that creative juice just flowing. Like I, like I couldn't sleep that morning, and I just got up and started to write. And so I just kept, I just kept telling the story as it came to me. Okay. So is there like a message that you wanted to put out with that book, or it was just, um, you know, some some creative juices flowing? And I think the the overall message is that you want to write good literature. That's that's the main thing, that you want to tell captivating stories. You want to be able to tell uh, from somebody and create realistic characters within that. You want to have dialogues and have people be themselves. And more so than anything else, that was just my driving point, that those things are important. Just Sometimes you just want to read a book just to get away, just to relax. So there wasn't, there wasn't a, that's a cognitive message behind it, but whoever might be reading it might find their own message in it. Okay. Okay. So, what is your what's the title of your second book? It'll be called Hiding Behind the Night. Okay. And what is this about? That'll be <laughs> that book will follow up uh, to the to the first book. It'll be a follow up to that. That will will catch Nyla again a year later. Uh, this time around, she's engaged. Well, she's actually about to be married within that four within that period of time. But just like the first one around. All Nyla wants is just one thing, and at this particular point in time, she just can't seem to get through it for losing. You just, you just can't seem to win for losing in that particular regard. So uh, it follows her adventures over, what is it, three or four-day period there leading up into her wedding, uh, if she's ever able to actually get married. Uh, so it just it branches out and further develops the characters that were already in the first book there and tells a little bit more of their stories as it relates to it. Okay, so... um. So this is a sequel. How many parts will this? Is it a series or is it just a follow-up book? After I got done, I remember uh, with the first book, I got done with the second book on the very last day of last. So it was December thirty-first, two thousand sixteen. Instead of being out somewhere celebrating, well, actually I was celebrating because I was writing. Like I was writing to be finished with that. Like I was because it kept dragging on and on, and I was, I didn't want to be done with it, but I knew I had to go ahead and wrap it up because if I didn't, I'd be writing like parts five, six, and seven. But after that, once you sit down and you write that last word on that last page and you find yourself happy with what you got on the page, I realized okay. that there was a couple other things that was still to be determined to develop yet. So I think there might be a third book in me. It hadn't, I hadn't even thought about it yet, but I could see there being one more to this. Okay. So do you intend to um, write in one particular genre or – do you um, look to branch out and just, you know, be in the wind, really? Well, there's something I'm writing now, and I guess I would say genre-wise, but era-wise, like the uh, Nyla's book and her sequel of Modern Day, I'm writing a book now that takes place in the uh, early, well, not early, but it takes place in 1928, the last day of, <laughs> the last day of that year, 1928. And uh, so it's a, it's a period piece about uh, some bootleggers. So... Era-wise, I think I'll go back in time here currently. So this is, and I'll probably be genre too, because this will be poor. This will be more. It will be the kind of gangster book that they write now, but we're talking about gangsters in the 1920s uh, of that era, where things were just okay. a little more grimy and much more reckless. 
Right. Um. The, you know, they move differently. Okay, so it'll be kind of like um, Harlem Nights type, that era? No, no, no. That's no. That's too pretty. That era's too sexy. We're talking about in the Deep South where things are a bit more grimy. Okay. All right. Well, I know I look forward to reading that one. Um, I like when, you know, there are unique ideas out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it seems like uh, with, with – uh, they they bunch us in as urban because, you know, our characters are black. But, mm-hmm. you know, with urban fiction, it seems <laughs> to be a, a trending. make it urban. Yeah. Right, exactly. But there seems to be, you know, a trending um, type type of writing, basically, you know, storyline and everything. But um, I, I I would love to read the uh, the book about that. It sounds really interesting. Be... So do you do you intend to make? I didn't hear you. And for a second, I want to go back to your question about drama because this is the thing that I'll be trying to tell people that I want to get across. That for me, I create art, and you can categorize it however you want to. I'm just creating art out here. Like I'm not too really worried about what you say if it's this, if it's that. You can call it whatever you want. I just call it art. I call it good writing. I call it uh, skill. I call it whatever that the, whatever the case might be. Categorize it however. But just like you said a minute ago, you try not to get your books all labeled and that, that grouped into that thing because then everybody starts to get the perception that it's all we just all write the same way, like we just some monolithic group. There are several different voices, several different characters, several different types of stories that aren't just all urban and fall under that umbrella. Right. Right, that's very true. But as you were saying, or asking, shall I say, excuse me. I was I was saying that you um do you intend to make this a, a full career? And you know I would like to I really would like I'd like my only responsibility to be to have to create works of art mentally to have it exist within the cortex of my mind and then fall and start to spill out on the page and then other people pay me to read what I wrote like getting paid to write books like. When I first saw that first royalty check, it, it wasn't even that it was that much money. But when I first saw it, I thought to myself, I literally created these characters in my mind, and somebody has paid me to do this. Like, that was the most – now, that feeling, that feeling was great. Like, that topped having the book in my hand. Like, it, it was like you paid me to create something from, from nothing, like out of thin air. It's like I'm selling magic beans or wishes or something. Okay, well, I mean, I felt I felt like that too. Like, um, you know, if, if all I really have to do is be myself, and y'all gonna pay me to do this, then I'm gonna do it all the time. You know, I felt like that too. Um, I'm sorry, I'm I'm trying to multitask here, but um, you sound like okay. So, um, you said you do want to do it as a as a career, like like I mean, like you wouldn't do. Like a full time career, you wouldn't you wouldn't work any other job. Like you wouldn't work a nine to five. I don't want to work my nine to five now. So, so I definitely <laughs> have to pay me to do this. I definitely, I, de- I definitely would do it. And you sit back and you think about one of my favorite. I guess my favorite author would be Walter Mosley. Uh, when you sit back and look at Walter Mosley, he gets to put out books at his leisure. Like he gets paid to put out books. Or you think of whoever else your favorite author might be, like you mentioned Zane, or you think about Octavia Butler. Or David Ritz, like they've made a career out of writing and creating things, and I think that 
who anybody who's a creator of art or likes to create things would love to be, have that be their main source of income or main source of uh, revenue. Like I don't, I don't think any of us really want to work that nine to five that we have sometimes. Right. Right. That's absolutely true. I know. I I say that all the time that I'm I'm not interested in working a nine to five. Uh, you know, I, you have one now? if I have a choice, then I I, I would never do it. <laughs> I would never do it. But I'm sorry, my allergies have been bothering me. That's that's why I'm a little distracted. I'm trying to get some medication going. But um, okay, you know, so. Drill, you, it, I need something. Altered, you? Okay. I need no, no, no. I'm, I'm taking. Um, I took some Benadryl. I'm taking, but that was a couple of hours ago. So I'm gonna take some more. I guess it's wearing off, and it's coming back really strong. Okay, but um, so how many more books do you see yourself writing? And like how that, how that, many? Your guess is as good as mine. Like there's the one okay. that I'm working on now. That I want to finish. There's, there's. I guess, I guess I'd be like uh, my grandma used to say all the time. She said, as long as I got breath in my body, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna keep working. So, as long as I got breath and uh, hands and ideas in my mind, I'm gonna keep writing. So I don't even have a number for you. I'm just gonna just keep writing. And for me, it's all about quality as opposed to quantity. Because sometimes with these authors, they might put out quantities of books that don't necessarily be of high quality. So Very true. for me, it's always about putting out quality literature. Very true. Um, I really go for, <clears throat> I write what I like. So mm-hmm. regardless of, you know, if they, <clears throat> like I, I don't, I never think about what's out there. Quite often I don't know what's going on in the, in the writing world as far as what's trending, what's not trending. Um, I write what comes to me and, you know, no matter how it does, I move on to the next thing that, that I feel like writing. You know what I'm saying? Mhm. Like you move where your heart goes. Right. Right. And you know, and I really don't think any any further than that as far as what I'm writing or when. Sometimes, you know, with the poetry books they, they come faster because I don't I don't put a lot of poetry books out. But even my novels, uh, shoot before two years ago two years ago I had zero books out. And then mm. last year I only had two books. Um, the beginning of last year, I only had two books. So my my last few have come out back to back, but they're shorter books. And speaking of Mitch for a second here, like uh, I don't know, if, uh, I'm assuming your listeners' audience knows about your prolific uh, book skills here. But just like I was telling you earlier, I got the chance to read Colors of Love earlier today. Let's talk about that for a moment there. Okay. Uh, in your dedication to the Colors of Love, you said you dedicate this. I wouldn't say I don't quote. Don't Matter of fact, I'm about to pull it up right now because I don't want to be misquoted or misquote you in this particular regard. <laughs> okay. But I remember the, the dedication resonating with me at this particular point in time. And the second you need something to pull up, thanks, Kendall. Thanks for moving on slow. But before I get there, let's see. Because your dedication sounded like a Bobby Womack song to me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here, that we are lucky to. Ex- <laughs> I love Bobby Womack, so that's actually a compliment. 
We are lucky to experience all that life has to offer. So we must accept love with heartache, passion, pain, and joy with loss. We will all love and lose love. So this book is dedicated to the loves we found and the ones we've lost, to the ones we hope to remember, and the ones we wish our hardest to forget. May the highs be just as high as the lows. Now, when we sit around, as we sit here today and talk about this book, you make many references to a chocolate man, to love once was, okay. to making mistakes, to making mistakes in love. And as I was sitting here reading, I was like, "She ain't doing well." I wasn't thinking about no chocolate man, but I was, <laughs> I was thinking about in your dedication and love, lorn, love lost, keeping love, finding love, redeveloping love, being regretful of love. Uh, I'd like to ask you, this book, The Colors of Love, plug again. How long did this come together for? How long did this take to come together for you? Well, um, actually, uh, what I did was I pulled together, I pulled specific poems from uh, different poetry books I've written over time. So some of Mm -hmm. those poems come from when I was 16 years old. Um, I know at least one of them came from when I was 16 years old. And then, um, you know, with the first love thing, and then, um, you know, moving forward, I was divorced in 2012, so some of that comes from there. And then, you know, uh, really finding finding someone new and re-experiencing it and, and realizing that it's still okay, you know, because some people, um, after, after they get divorced, they become bitter and they don't want to you know, try again. So um, Mm -hmm. there's some stuff from that experience. That's funny. I just walked past that book, too. That's funny. But, um, yeah, so it comes, I have over five or 600 poems total um, that Mm. most of, the majority of them are not published. I just write. Um, You know, maybe some of them had specific dedications to people, and I wrote them for them, and only, you know, I and them have a copy of it. Or um, they might not even have a copy of it, you know, in, in some cases. But um, I, when I started, when I decided to do a poetry book, it was after I had already written um, Shameless, the entire series. And I wasn't going to put out poetry because I'm, I'm very sensitive about my poems, and I, I wouldn't be able to accept a bad review. So I wasn't going to do it. Vulner, I saw the vulnerability in the words, too. I was sitting here thinking, yeah, you had to be buck naked with this person. Like, you had to let your soul start hanging out for some of these. That while I was sitting there. Well, reading, you know, I think that I you said, should only love. If you're really in love, you should only love fully. I don't think you can love partially. Uh-huh. I don't think you can love partially. And, and some people think that it's crazy to love fully after something has happened and you fall in love again with somebody else. You, you, you know, they think it's crazy to love fully, but... I think the only type of love worth experiencing is true. Like, it's true, it's deep, it's passionate, it's, you know, it's it's a lot of unbridled emotions and vulnerabilities and highs and lows. And, you know, you can't expect uh, uh, the type of love, you, you know, everybody wants and hopes to have. Well, you know, the majority of people, you know, the fairy, the, not even fairy tale, but the type of love that, that lasts. Decades and decades and decades If you don't put yourself You know if you don't allow yourself to be loved that deeply Somebody can only love you as as much as you let them And I'll tell you something about love here I'll tell you, my, Most powerful thing in the world is love 
But you know what else love is? Love is life's greatest vulnerability. So it's impossible to love fully with your whole heart without being vulnerable. And as you right. sit here, everybody do want to avoid those vulnerabilities, and they don't want to have a heart on their sleeve or whatever they want to wear it or whatnot. Just like you said a minute ago, you can't roll, you can't maneuver through life not loving somebody fully, because then you ended up shortchanging them, you're shortchanging yourself. Everybody out here got these kids and their family. You, is you going to give your child less love than you would yourself or somebody else? And on my wrist, I wear this band every day that says, with your whole heart. Like, if you're going to do something, if you're going to love, if you're going to write, if you're going to do anything that you want to do, do it with your whole heart. Because that's really, at the end of the day, that's all you got to just leave it all, all right. out there. And that the the funny thing about you you choosing that book, I, I really haven't had too many people contact me and say, say okay, this is the book I read. A lot of people, um, like, unless specifically they are poetry buffs or I'm at an open mic, you know, they, they won't really go for a full book of poetry. And it caught me when you had that initial. I caught the, the cover called me, and then I read the uh, the first one, In Case. And then it mm-hmm. sounded like the, it had a very good rhyme scheme and flow to it. Like, you write in a very simple structure and not that that it's simple, but it's easy in terms of the way that it flows. And right. so in reading that, it reminded me of some of the things that I would write myself. And so I was like, hmm, I like that. So I was like, if this book is anything like the first poem I just read, which it ended up it was, uh, I was quite fascinated and enjoyed it. I'm going to go back and read it again. But at glances, there were just things that touched me and caught me. And so just, that's how you get inspired to do things. Like things just sometimes catch you. So for me, I was like, The Color of Love, I was like, hmm. First, I was like, I want to that Boys to Men song. But then I was like, no, no. Actually, no. I, I didn't even have that in mind when I thought of it. Um, initially, when I did it, it was, um, I, I did it with, um, you know, how, how they have different shades of red. When you think of the color red, we as a society normally associate you know, heart red hearts and stuff with love. So, and mm-hmm. I was thinking that you know, of course, like like you know, love is not all one. It's not monotone. It doesn't have one flavor. So um, when I separated the poetry, I did it by flavors and by shades of red. So I see that, you, you know, have a room for bittersweet, right? Crimson. I was wondering what that was for a second. Thank you for explaining that. Right. Because you you know um I, I don't know I I guess I just felt like you know um even though I'm I'm doing the same color it's not the same color you know they're they're all red but it's it's just different shades of red just like you know um it's different kinds of love and it's it's layers and it's you know while it's all love even even if it you know if it hurts it you know it still stemmed from love and. Do you remember the last time you wrote something that hurt, like that loving hurt, that uh, that let's say to somebody that took you for granted, let's say to somebody that didn't appreciate you like you should. Do you remember the last thing that you wrote that came from that kind of love, that painful love? Also? I believe it's in that book. It's called Un- Unfortunate. No, I'm saying like you haven't written anything since then in reference to it. Like it's just not not with thing. that feeling. I actually have been okay. blessed <laughs> to be in a relationship that I I don't. I don't feel like that ever anymore, Amen. really. Amen. That's always good. Yeah, it's great. That <laughs> is great. You know, I never, you know, you never really think about it, but I know um, my my feelings are protected at all times. Do you find it easier for you as an author to write 
when you're in love or when you're in when you're happy. Because for me, I I can't love, write. I can't write. Oh, I'm sad. <laughs> See, and I'm the opposite. When I'm hurt, I, I tell you, I create art from anguish. Like that's my thing. Like when I, then things are going right, wrong, or things make me sad, or things uh, depress a little bit. That's when I'm at my best. I can find that creative channel. But when I'm in love and everything is happy and going good, I can't seem to turn it off. No, um, I wrote a book of, I wrote a hundred poems over the course of maybe three or four months at my happiest. Every day I wrote a poem. Mm. Um, at one point, uh, I thought it was a cute thing too. There was a journal where I write. Um, I was given a journal, and I and I was supposed to write one, one, even if it was just one lyric, or um, you know, one stanza, or one sentence or whatever, just write one thought down, one complete thought down on one page, on a separate page for every day until you run out of pages. Mm-hmm. And some of those turned into poetry later on. Once You know, once the book was finished, once the uh, journal was finished, I turned it into poetry later. So, um, I don't know. I, I seem, when I'm frustrated or unhappy, my mind is too cluttered to, um, I'm a fixer, so I have to fix problems and I'm I'm unable to um, focus on my writing if I'm constantly trying to fix something that's wrong with this other person or the situation or something like that. And that actually had kept it kept me from writing something for a whole year. <laughs> and you mean um, when you got I would divorced. never want to. I, I would never want to to feel like that. But I hope that you do. So, put, you know, we spoke briefly about you putting out a book of poetry. I hope that you do. Um, I'm not. Oh, okay. I'm not really sure how the poetry community is where you are, but I know. Um, you know, here in Atlanta, and um, I, I lived in New Jersey, and I lived in uh, Orlando, and both places they had a, a really welcoming poetry community, and I felt awesome. You know, just picking places, just pick randomly pick a place, and go do an open mic, and you know, most of the time they're not expensive. I want to say 100% of the time, then, you know, I've never seen one that was more than 5 or $10 to perform, you know. It's usually um, $5 and to sit and watch and $10 to perform or, or $0 to sit and watch and 5 to perform. But I hope that you do. I think we could use more poetry in the world at this time. Are you looking um, forward to doing it, or do you plan on writing a book of poetry? Jamil? Marie, can you hear me? Hello?